Welcome to Just Us and God. This is Ellen speaking and I have another word to release today. Because of technical difficulties, I'm actually listening to it in earphones as I speak it out onto this recording. So if you pick up on something being different, that's what it is. So the Lord is saying, I want you to know this, dear child. That I've been for you all this time and I will continue to serve you through my prayers and supplication to the Father. It's Jesus talking. I've been with you since the beginning of time and I will continue to be with you until your time on earth has passed and we can be united in the spirit in a very real sense, in the fullest sense. I'm pleased with you. I will not let you go. I will not let the enemy kick you out of my life and out of my kingdom, he says. He's saying that there's been a very real attack on you, that discouragement has been on your shoulders for a very long time, and that he is removing that discouragement. He's saying the mantle of discouragement is being broken now in Jesus' mighty name. He says, I decree and declare this, by the blood in my name, by the power in my name and the blood that I shed on the cross. This is what Jesus is saying for you. He's giving you a sense of new direction, a purpose in him. You've laid down the purposes that were not of his making and he's now bringing you into an alignment with his purposes for your life. He says, I've been given to you, I surrendered at the cross so that you might have freedom, that you would know me and know the Father. That you would be kept in me, he says, that you would surrender to me. And for that reason and purpose, I have surrendered my life at the cross, he says. This is my gift to you. It was a willing gift. No one made me do it. No one said I had to do this. It was my willing surrender to the Father's purposes in your life, which is the love that I bestowed on you by surrendering to the kingdom of darkness for that brief moment. He's saying, but I rose in victory. I rose again and here I am in your life, fully alive and well and a being of light that brings light into a place where there was no light. He's saying, I have brought understanding into your heart and mind you can see that there has been a time of growth and this set of procedures that have had to happen to bring you to the place that you're now and where the Lord says where he is now able to connect with you more fully. He says you're more surrendered to me than you were in the past. You have tasted humility and you have willingly died for him in some senses in terms of dying to sense sorry dying to self he's saying this is not a one-time event or process this is something which will continue until your physical death here on on this earthly plane but he's saying you are in me i will keep you till the day of the restitution of humankind he's saying i'm coming soon i'm coming quickly now he says there has been a surrendering of my people to me that has not been experienced in their lives amongst my peoples for a long time 
he's bringing to mind Jeremiah and also Nehemiah and Ezra. They're called to the people to surrender and come back into alignment. There were people, when they pulled out the scriptures, there were people who um, had been married to the enemy, essentially, against God's direction for their lives. And when they were asked to by their leaders, they let go of those marital partners under the direction of the leaders that were under God's leadance and guidance. And there was a repentance, a godly sorrow among the people that brought them into repentance so that they could come back into direct alignment And God is saying, there's no gulf or abyss between what you need to do and coming to him. What he's trying to say is that any time we are surrendered to him, we're in his will. And he can keep us in his promises. He says that if you're outside of his will, there's nothing he can do about that that he hasn't already done he's saying his extension uh, his invitation extends to us at all times and that he's not doing anything new today he's just highlighting an invitation which has always been there and he's highlighting it in a way that describes what some people have surrendered in their lives because they have loved him and because they have remembered him in their lives that they've come to their senses in one sense and he's saying it looks awful he's saying it looks awful to my people the things that you have to do to be near me he's saying that's just the nature of the way things are but he's saying it's partially also a symptom of the fact of how far his people have moved away from him in our lives. He's saying if those people in Nehemiah's time had surrendered previously, if they'd been made aware by their leaders previously, the importance of keeping his commandments in their lives out of their love for him and out of supplication, uh, he's drawing a link between a child suckling and us coming to God in supplication he's saying that level of dependency or inferiority to him if those people had surrendered their lives to him in the first place he could have given them direction out of his love for them and they could have taken his directions and moved in a way that supported their lives to be the fullest He says, because I know the plans I have for you, and yet people go in the other direction. He's saying that an about turn can be painful, but the blessings that come with it for the people who surrender their lives to him are way beyond imagining. So he's saying, don't hesitate. Don't make any decisions based completely on hearing this word today. He's saying, but if you're having other indications in your life that the Lord is speaking to you and saying it's time to surrender the things that you've accrued for yourself or the plans that you've made in this life, 
that you've surrendered partially, some of us. He says he needs us wholly and completely surrendered to him. He says, give up the things that are chaining you down. The enemy offers us things, invites us. It's, be, it's why it's called temptation. It's, we're being short-changed by the enemy because they speak things to us. The enemy speaks lies into our hearts, our minds, through our eyes, through the deceptions that come through our TVs, that change our perceptions, the computer games even, he's saying. There are lies and deceptions being promulgated by the enemy as we speak. And he's saying, I'm drawing you out. I'm pulling you out now. He's saying it's the seventh day, the day of rest. He's saying, I'm calling you to let go of the burdens that you've placed among yourselves, that you've given to one another or taken upon your own shoulders. He's calling us to rest in him, to set down everything that we thought was for us. He's saying, set down all the things which have multiplied over time, have compounded and caused stresses in our lives because we think that that's what makes us a person. He's saying, I made you a person complete and whole. Come rest in me and my Holy Spirit will dwell in you. Be surrendered, fully surrendered and know that I am he that makes you a person, that you are complete in him that we no longer need to strive to keep up appearances. He's saying, look around you. Look at the evil that surrounds you. Those who are in high places who have succumbed to evil, whilst they look like they have shiny, bright and colourful lives with all the success and trappings of life, even they are coming undone. He's saying, I'm revealing I'm shining my light on the truth of what's happening in this place. He's saying some people would choose to continue to be deceived. To the extent that we're receptive to his Holy Spirit, we will sense his calling on our lives. He's pulling us, he's tapping on our shoulder, beckoning us to join him. He's offering the vision of him tapping one of the fishermen from the Bible on the shoulder. He's and the, and the fisherman turns round to face him, turns his back on the world and doesn't bring anything with him but the clothes he's wearing. He surrenders everything. He doesn't say, I'm going to go back and make things right with my wife or bury my dead father or settle some financial traction, uh, transactions that I'm in the middle of making. When God calls us, when he taps us on the shoulder, even if we feel it just as a nudge, particularly as time is getting short for us now, we need to turn and run from the enemy toward him. We need to recognize that everything is worthless if it is not in him. He's saying that he loves you, that as you surrender to him, he will take you through processes of refining and he will keep you with him. He says, I will keep you surrendered as long as you stay in obedience to me. He's saying, I'm going to give you guidance and directions and it might come through other people. So be discerning. He's saying, don't turn your back on someone who's speaking truth just because you're offended. 
He's saying that offense might be his Holy Spirit convicting your spirit and bringing you to repentance, which leads to salvation. He's saying that there have been so many lies promulgated by the enemy. And now he's calling. He says, now I'm calling my remnant, the holy ones, those who are set apart in me. He's saying there's not much time left now. If you are clothed in my righteousness, you'll be coming with me on the day that I come for you. He's saying, if you're not clothed in my righteousness, which means being fully surrendered to him at the cross and also having allowed his Holy Spirit to not just dwell in us, but also to flourish in us so that his nature becomes our nature. He's saying it doesn't need to be fulfilled to the fullest extent. He's saying you don't need to know me perfectly and I don't have perfection for you on this plane necessarily. He's saying some few of you will come close, near to my perfection. And he says, my heart rejoices for those of you who are approaching perfection now as we speak. And the dividends in the kingdom are going, he's saying that you all have tears of joy. He says, we're all going to be crying together tears of joy at the blessings that come through. He says, as you have blessed my spirit, as you have allowed me to be in you and keep you in my path, in my ways. And he says, because the blessings overflow out of us into the lives of other people, and that's how we multiply. He says, it's the analogy of the seed going to the ground so that the plant can grow up and bear fruit that produces seed. And the seeds become the hearts of the new Christians he's saying my people need to learn this principle to multiply he says we're running out of time here you need to be with me and the time that is coming you're either gonna succumb to deception which will provide a numbing so that the suffering even though you experience it you won't uh recognize it for what it is and you will partake in the evil that is in the world either complicitly or by default in terms of the things that are being done to you and around you and he's saying you will cooperate to some extent with the enemy and the only way to not cooperate with the enemy is to turn your back and flee the enemy to him stand the grant stand your ground and say no to the enemy so that you are drawing boundaries around yourself he's saying let my name be the boundary let your let his name be the most external boundary and let his holy spirit be a cocoon that strengthens and encourages you us in the in the time of disaster in the day of disaster he's saying i'm bringing you into me now those of you who i'm calling i'm setting free he's saying we're coming into a time of miracles and this is not for entertainment's purpose it's not to puff us up in pride 
He's saying it's not a tool to be used for our own purposes, but that these miracles have a purpose, he says, in me to glorify the Father. And so where you see a need, he wants you to think of the miracles as something that can be a response to the need that you see. He's saying, but first you need to be in me. You need the fruit of the Spirit to be self-evident. Not something that you need to push into people's faces, but that people will find it hard to ignore the fruit in you. He says that as you grow in me, you'll be a person who glows with radiance of his glory in your lives. He says it's a testimony in itself to the fact that you're spending time surrendering to the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit will grow. He'll expand his influence in your life and your very being. And that this is what produces the radiance that he's speaking of. He says this radiance, think of yourself as the lighthouse. And that this radiance is the light beckoning people to safe shores. We're coming into a time when we each as individuals need to bear fruit and bring radiance into the lives of those who have been lost, stolen, injured, who can't see, who are groping along to try and find their way. He's saying there will be people who will need you to bring his light into their lives. He says, I'm sending you out to these places, to these people, and it will not make sense to you. He's saying nothing is going to seem right for a period of time. He's saying, I need you to trust in me, that there will be periods of silence, but it doesn't mean that he has forsaken you or left you. He's saying, by all means, cry out to me. Keep praying at these times. I need your supplication, your tears, your prayers of supplication, he says. I need your confidence in me to be established in me first before this time comes, if possible, so that you're able to stand in the times when he's invisible to you, so to speak. He's saying, the time has come for my children to grow up. I need you. You're my disciples and I need you to emulate me, to stand in my footsteps. He's saying, it's like Elijah putting the mantle on Elisha. He's saying, it's time for you to take up the mantle of the Lord, so to speak. He's warning us not to interpret this as him saying that we're all little gods and goddesses. This is not what he's teaching. He's saying the Bible is very clear and if you're confused about this, he suggests that you uh, read the scriptures, and particularly the book of John. He wants us to recognise that we need to be walking in his footsteps in love and humility. He's saying we need to be him more and more. We need to let his spirit arise and take control of who we are, how we relate to people and situations. He's saying this is what saves. This is what will save you and keep you from going under on the day of destruction. He's saying this is real. He's been, been so gentle for the most part. He's calling to the people who will listen and he's saying, I've been speaking to my prophets, those who will listen to me, and my teachers for a long time. I've been sending people to warn the teachers in the churches for quite some time, 
and some of them have received subtle instructions from me. He's saying, I haven't left anyone unwarned. Now I'm being blunt with you, he says, out of compassion for you and for my people, because the time is running short for you to prepare in a physical sense for the spiritual onslaught that is coming in your lives and that will play out, will manifest physically. He's saying, I can't tell you what it's going to look like because for each one of you, it's going to look different. But he's saying, I'm being blunt out of my love. He's saying, I want you to feel my heart for this situation. This has all come to pass because it was foreordained. It's for the good of humanity. He's saying, believe it or not, there's a positive outcome. The, the outcome of letting these things happen in your life is going to be positive in comparison with the outcome if we didn't go through these things. He's saying, my wisdom is high above yours. He's saying, go back to Job and read the last few chapters of Job where he's listening to God and God is explaining to him the things of the universe in a way that humbles Job. Job has been exemplary in all of his ways, but he's rallied against Satan in a way that leaves him open to the enemy putting their finger on the one thing that he didn't have which was a recognition that he didn't have access to all of the answers and that God is in fact the master of the universe. God is the creator of all things. God is the God and father of all things. He created us and he has the last say. The Lord was giving me an image of a lump of clay in someone's hands being squashed between hands and he's saying you are my clay you are the created I am the creator and I have free will to do with you as I please but he doesn't want this to be a cold fearful heartless sensation for us he's saying I love you dearly he's saying I've given you all of the opportunities under the sun to turn to me He's saying this is a last-ditch effort. He's saying he's sorry to his children who have to go through the things, the suffering that's associated with living in circumstances that are no longer something that they're producing because they're living righteously. They're living in right alignment with God's will for them. And he's saying you will still go through suffering He's protecting us in many ways. He's saying, to share a story, there's a beautiful couple that I know, absolutely lovely, faithful couple, and they tell a story about how they prayed to God and they wondered whether God was actually protecting them on their travels because in their ministry they were required to, required to drive a lot. And so they prayed to God and asked him to show them that he was protecting them, perhaps the ways he was protecting them. And for the next few months, they had a lot of near misses in their travel, in their, in their car. And the Lord's using this 
uh, story to illustrate that we don't understand the things he's doing for us a lot of the time. He's saying just as a fish doesn't recognize the water that surrounds it, so to speak, we often don't recognize the blessings in our lives because we're so used to them. He's saying, surely I am protecting you. I've protected you for a long time. Each of my children, even when you were astray, before you surrendered to me and, and um, came to me, those of you who are surrendering on a daily basis, he's saying, I'm so pleased with you, but I want you to know that you had my blessings beforehand. He's saying, don't let that daily surrender become a religious activity. He's saying, don't get into a mindset that says, I have to do this and that or release myself from this world, from the things of this world and be obedient to God because he says so. He's saying, it's my love for you that I want you to surrender to. He's saying, surrender to me in all my authority. Give me the authority that I deserve as the maker and the creator of your life and your circumstances and I will show you the blessings that I've been giving you and that I have for you. He's saying, I love you so much. He really doesn't want this message to come across as condemning. He overwhelmingly wants his love for you to come across in this message. He says we need to be, <laughs> he's, he's really concerned that the message will come across as harsh and he's saying this is exhortation, it is not condemnation or even conviction. He's saying I'm coming to you in supplication now, I've given you everything, I've done everything I can do for you, dying on the cross, providing the Bible that's freely accessible to everyone on earth in some semblance or form. He's saying, I've brought my gospel message to people in dreams and in visions for those who didn't have access to the gospel message through any other means. He's saying, I've given you all the warnings and the chastisement. I've encouraged you. I've enticed you with my miracles and wonders in your lives. And yet for the most part, people have turned their backs on me. They've chosen me for entertainment rather than the value of what I can do in my transformative um, nature in you that can redeem you. He's saying it's not enough to believe on him. He's saying the gospel message includes my transformative spirit dwelling in you that saves you from my wrath. He's saying yes, there is my grace of righteousness that covers you as long as you are walking in my spirit and not in the flesh. He's saying if this confuses you, go to the scripture, use Google if you have to, to look up the scriptures that contrast walking in the flesh with walking in the spirit and that that will show you what he means. I believe that he says it's time to wrap up now and this is a warning it's a time of warnings now but God loves his people and he wants us to turn to him and surrender to him in a very real sense 
He's saying, I'm releasing these words of warning so that you still have a little bit of time to prepare yourselves, prepare your hearts, prepare your inward being, read the Beatitudes. I think it's Matthew chapters 5, 6 and 7. Sorry if I got it wrong. He's saying the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying this is the essence of what I'm speaking to you. He's saying don't gloss over it. Don't smooth it over. Take it to heart. Take these things seriously. Absorb it because this is what I have for you. And this is why I came into the world to teach you these things. He says, I'm releasing you now to go and read your Bible. He's saying spend more time in your Bible. Each time you want to watch the news or something else on the television or going to computer games or read comics or spy novels. I was receiving from the Lord here, so I was just following the Holy Spirit. And he was saying, release me to teach you by coming to the Bible and listening to or reading it to yourself. He's saying, don't wait for your teachers to give it to you. He's saying, even the finest of my teachers will only teach in part and I have more to give you. He says, his relationship with you, he says, my loving relationship with you, one of my surrender at the cross to set you free from all the things that have seemed appealing but yet have kept you bound in your life and also to set you free from fear, particularly in the future. He says, this is my gift to you. He's just saying, this is my gift to you, my life. I'm offering my life so that you may have life eternally with me. Will you accept it? He's saying, don't go by these teachings that make it so simple that it's too good to be true. He's saying there is a catch. There are many catches and the deception and lies that are coming from the enemy now and infiltrating the churches are just the tip of the iceberg. He's saying the church has been infiltrated for a long time by the enemy. He's saying the tares are among the wheat. Do you not think that the tares would grow into adult weeds that would somehow influence the congregations? And it's also reminding us of the scripture that says that Satan will stand before the congregations. He's saying this has already happened. He's saying it's up to each of each of my individual sorry, he's saying it's up to each of my individual children to come to me in their prayer time and ask me to reveal to them the things that he wants to reveal to them. So that our natures can be washed clean and purified. So that we can be clothed in his righteous nature through the purification of the word and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. He says we need to be willing and cooperative with him because he gives each of his children free will and that doesn't just play out when we first accept Jesus but it's a step-by-step process of using our free will to either come toward him or go away from him. He's saying what are you doing this day? and into the future because the consequences are becoming very real both here on the earth plane and the day of judgment is approaching quickly. I, that's the end of the word but I also um, just want to share with you that I had a dream two nights ago where I was in a church. It's a beautiful sandstone church shell if anyone knows Port Arthur. Um, or has visited Port Arthur they may recognize the description it's 
a sandstone shell of a church that has no roof on it because it's it's a ruin and in Port Arthur it was full of grass and it's where they have the Christmas carols and in my dream this church was it looked just like that with an open roof because there was no no roof on it and it was packed full of believers of all different every different denomination and someone looked up and said there are shooting stars and I tried to get a glimpse and I, I didn't get much of a look so I, I wanted to go and, and I wanted to go outside of the church where there weren't any people where there was space so I could get a good look and I walked to the rear of the church in the dream and I was standing behind the entire congregation and I just spoke with a very loud voice and people for the most part stopped and listened and I said do you not know that Jesus will come like a thief in the night that he's coming soon and I said these shooting stars they're a sign that he's coming and I'm not the only person to um, be releasing words that um, that is you know sharing God's heart for his people and this sense of urgency now um, he wants us to take stock and bring restitution into our lives not just sit there expecting that it's just going to happen on us that we're going to stumble across that we actually we are co-creators in Christ and we do have a part to play and so no matter where you are on your journey with Christ Jesus this is an invitation to draw nearer to him and to hear him speak to you um, in a quiet place to look for his guidance read if you don't know how to do it um, start by reading scripture and you know the first step truly is to desire it to um, even if you don't have a hunger for God's truth and his righteousness in your life you can as long as you believe on Jesus that he came to set us free that he died and rose again to give us eternal life and freedom from sin and to pay the price for our redemption you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you and all you need to do is ask God to help you you can even ask God to make you hungry to know truth and then to bring information to you that you need but the scripture says you draw near to me and I will draw near to you so um, as my favorite teacher says and I'm sorry we shouldn't have favorite teachers but this one speaks truth all the time and so it's hard not to make him a favorite um, we are the catalyst so whilst a lot of the churches um, are fond of the belief that we just say the sinner's prayer and that's it we're saved and then wonder why we're sitting there with churches full of people who are not experiencing transformation where we're not seeing the fruit of the spirit we are the catalyst so we actually need to get off off our backsides and stand up and walk towards Jesus um, so if you don't know how to do it, it it's as simple to begin with as wanting to and saying God I don't know how to do this help me God loves to hear us say God I don't know how to do this but I want to do what you want me to do can you help me do it it's a great prayer for any of us to to offer up in supplication to the Lord Jesus um, a good friend said to me recently you know if we're not moving forward in our Christian walk then we're moving backwards and if we think we're standing still then we're probably actually moving backwards and I think that's good wisdom 
and it, it really um, echoes the message that the Lord seems to be sharing with us in his word today. I thank you so much for your time today. Um, it is unusual to be releasing words um, that are this long, but God has been emphatic in calling me um, to the quiet space and asking me to receive what he has for us and to share it with you. So I do pray that it blesses you. I do pray that it's your love, sorry, it's God's love for you. You know, we love God because he first loved us and um, he's expressed that love through Jesus' death on the cross for us and that um, that very real manifestation is there as evidence for us but we can go so much deeper than just the head knowledge and as we seek God he will gradually release to us his divine revelation of, of what it really means that Jesus died on the cross cross for our forgiveness of sins and to set us so truly set us free and the Bible says the truth sets us free so I just um, I just pray that we may all find ourselves see ourselves situated in God's truth and that God will open the doorways for us to receive his truth and shut off all of the doorways to deception but I pray for discernment for each and every one of us and that we that um, deception is broken off us that the lies of the enemy just fall away and find nowhere to cling to us because we are so immersed in God's love for us his authority and his truth that he speaks to us in so many different ways once again I pray that this has blessed you thanks for listening I do ask you to share this if for no other reason but um, you know if it's blessed you then there will be someone else that it will also bless um, I pray that the Lord keeps you in his mercy and guidance in Jesus name Amen Thank mm-hmm. you.